Welcome to Employing Differences, a conversation about exploring the collaborative space between individuals. I'm Paul Tevis. And I'm Karen Gimnick. Each episode, we start with a question and we see where it takes us. This week's question is, can we take a break? So if your instant answer to that was, no, we should talk. (laughs) What we're really pointing to here is that um, if you are running so tightly or, you know, so many deadlines or so much going on that there is no breathing space for your organization or your community, probably you're actually functioning below your capacity in terms of output. Also likely below your theoretical ability for quality, for efficiency, for there's a lot of things that if you're always going full out all the time and not taking a break, that um, you won't get the same kind of outputs that you're probably aiming for. Yeah, one of the the technical term for for running below 100% capacity uh, is Slack. And we're not talking about the the messaging app here. Um, But there's actually a fair bit of study and research in a lot of different systems about the importance of Slack in improving overall productivity uh, and ability to get things done. Um, In some of the workshops that I teach, I occasionally uh, talk about how uh, a freeway and I happen to live near Los Angeles, so inevitably I'm thinking about the LA freeways, um, that a freeway operating at 100% capacity is a parking lot. It is as full of cars as it possibly could be, and none of them are getting anywhere. Um, And so lots of systems, actually, when they try to operate as they get closer and closer to 100% of capacity, they fall over. Uh, This also shows up in um, computer systems and in servers, where you start to get above about 80% capacity and you get into what's called a buckle zone, which means that they start to respond slower and slower and slower. They start to take more time to swap between things and it just kind of falls over. And what's fascinating is that even people who understand how those systems work still try to operate human systems at 100% capacity, you know, that, that, uh, that we don't think about the value of building in Slack to the ways that we work, uh, even when we know these things. And, and, and it's, it's a continual frustration that I kind of have um, with other people and with myself because I do it to me. <laughs> I, I, I schedule myself and I book myself out and I'm, then I just, you know, and I'm exhausted. And what I, what I and others discover is that when we do that, we have no capacity to respond to whatever comes up, right? Uh, and so there's, there's a bunch of things about how taking a break isn't just about sort of that recharge, right? That like, I need to get the energy back. It's actually about making sure that we have enough breaks that we're actually able to continue operating without falling over and falling down and breaking down and breaking apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think then this begs the question, what do we do with a break? Um, which may be literally just stopping work, go on vacation, you know, so, so those sorts of things hopefully are built into cycles that people are taking vacations and holidays and things like that, and we just stop. Um, so that's a more obvious one. But I want to sort of get into thinking about what else might we do with Slack? 
So if we're functioning as a team, trying to get a thing done, um, what are we doing with that lightened load space? And I think that the, the first thing to be really clear about is though, although we'll talk a little bit about what to do with it, one of the really essential defining elements of Slack is that it doesn't have a goal. Yeah, I worked in an organization once where um, they kind of tried to build this in in the in the engineering teams, the product development teams, where um, they had a practice they called Future Focused Fridays, which was every other Friday was supposed to be sort of set aside for unscheduled, you know, just figure out whatever you want to work on. If it, if you want that is professional development, you want to be getting better at stuff. If you want to create some space for to do some innovation uh, around, hey, we're working on things. <laughs> What was fascinating about it was that there was one group of people within that organization, the software engineers, who like they kind of held pretty closely to like, hey, we need to not schedule anything on this because it's Future Focus Friday. But the QA engineers were inevitably using Future Focus Friday to catch up on all the downstream work that had been landing on them. And so at one point, like I, I remember having this dialogue or help, have, help having this dialogue between a couple of people on a team like suddenly realizing that like QA engineers didn't get Future Focus Friday um, because of the way that that worked. And so one of the things I always watch for is if we're trying to create Slack, do we actually have it? Or are we just actually catching up on all the things that we didn't get done that we were scheduled to do? Because if that's the case, we don't really have Slack in the schedule. We don't really have that space. Uh, we're, we're pretending that we do, but we don't. Yeah. I think that's such an easy trap. It's certainly what happens to me. I do it all the time. Um, so, so if we're not going to use it to catch up on our work, and we're not simply like leaving town, taking a total vacation, putting our feet up on the beach, whatever, what are we doing in that space? We talked some in a recent episode about play, and I think that's a big piece of it. Um, and I think it can also be sort of experimentation. It can also be relationship building. Um, so it, it might be, you know, a long lunch out with the team where we're just chatting about things with, again, no particular objective, but we're just spending some time together. Um, so I think it can go in a lot of different directions. And really the secret, I suspect, to making good use of Slack is to be fairly curious about self and others and think, what would feel good to do in this time? What would feel engaging? What would feel, you know, possibly creative, possibly innovative? But even that you probably don't want to push too far. Like what just feels like relational, engaged kind of space? Or alternatively, you know, sort of space with enough quiet to relate and engage with myself. It might not be with others in the team or it might, it might be with myself. But what feels like that, which could be, reading up on something I was excited to learn about that I thought I might apply to my work. Or it could be, you know, going down a road of playing, you know, playing out some piece of programming or experimenting or let, let, let's see, I don't know that we're really ever going to build this thing, but where does that thing go? Um, or in a team or even a community, it could be 
we're just going to get together with some markers and some paper and see what sticks. Like we're just going to start drawing and writing things. And where are we with that? With again, no particular objective, but some place to kind of let ideas flow and engage with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, part of the reason we're talking about this topic this week is that this is kind of a slack week for me. Um, I've had a bunch of work that I've been really focused on the last few weeks and that kind of finished up on Friday. And I was sort of looking and I realized this would be a good week to kind of do as much unstructuring as I could. Um, and, and I will admit, yesterday I spent a bit of time catching up on stuff that I <laughs> meant to get done previously. Uh, but what I tend to do in those is pay attention to what I'm energized by. Like, it's for me, it's about following the thread. Like, and noticing, like, when I get to that point of, okay, cool, like, I don't have anything, you know, really scheduled out for this day or that day or whatever. For me, it's a show up and see what happens. What pulls me towards it? Um, and and what is giving me energy sort of by doing it? So I'm, I'm very much a kind of pay attention to, and if I find myself going, you know, I was thinking this afternoon that I'd, I'd maybe read this book and try to catch up on, uh, I've been meaning to want to re read this book for a while. I've got some space to do it. And I get two pages in and I go, I'm not feeling it. I go, great, I'm going to do something else. Um, for me, there's also a piece of that that's about recognizing and kind of restoring my autonomy, right? That if we feel like we are, if our schedule is dictated to us and we're having, we're having to have had to do all these things to get to this point, then in that Slack space, it's very much about the, I'm going to do what I want, right? I get to do what I want. I can reassert some control. So those are, those are kind of two of the things. And in groups, I think that's actually important to like give people within the group, everybody has the autonomy to decide what they want to do. And so if they want to do stuff together, that's great. And if they don't, that's great too. Um, and also, you know, to encourage them, just whatever, whatever is restorative, whatever is giving you energy, whatever you're finding yourself drawn to do, do that. I think you bring up an interesting point in that the piece about how, well, yesterday I did a bunch of catch up things and now I'm in my Slack time. That might be a thing to schedule. Mm -hmm. If you're finding that your Slack days or windows are getting filled in with catch-up, then what that says to me is that perhaps you need to schedule a catch-up day mm -hmm. and then a Slack day, for example, something that actually builds that piece in. Um, because I, I'm like you, I'm, I'm not going to do Slack well if I'm feeling mm -hmm. buried in catch-up. Mm -hmm. One of the things that plays into this uh, is kind of noticing what is the useful rhythm um, for yourself and, and, and for your teams and your organizations to create that, um, you know, that it isn't, you know, maybe it's an every other Friday thing, you know, in your team. Maybe it's a, uh, maybe it's, you know, two days every quarter uh, sort of thing. Maybe it's, a, you know, a week every however often. Um, and then maybe kind of go, I know I was planning on doing it, but here's what it is. And, and, and really try to create some space around that, create some awareness of it. Um, and recognizing that that it's also going to change depending on the sort of work and stress load of what's going on. Um, and that that's okay. Like, it is one of the things where I think oftentimes we think we should be able to be at that sort of steady state of productivity, right? We get into the groove 
And we'll and once we get there and once we get that solid, right, then we can just keep that up. And we talk a lot, you know, in the agile space about the idea of sustainable pace, right? That we're operating at a pace that we can kind of keep going forever or we're not burning people out. And sustainable pace isn't actually smooth and linear all the time. Sustainable pace actually has its ups and downs as well. Um, I do a lot of, uh, of, of study and work actually around, uh, around physical strength building. And one of the things that I've encountered in some of the, the work that uh, I've been, the things I've been digging into that is actually the ways that our bodies respond to these periods of basically overstress and recovery. Because if we're always kind of trying to ramp up we will get to a point where that ramp becomes unsustainable. And then we end up taking a break, not when we decide to, but because our body has decided it's going to break down, right? And we're gonna have an injury and then we're gonna, we're gonna really reset. Whereas uh, the, the actual sustainable version of that isn't linear, it's actually very wavy, where you have these higher peaks and lower valleys and your body adapts in a very different way. And I think our, I think that's, that for me is may, way more resonant with the way that we work, like the way that, that teams work, the way that the work that we do is it's never straight and linear. It's way up and down. And I think for me, it's been an important realization that that's okay. And that that's actually normal and natural. And that's a useful way to approach it. So you can't always say, we're gonna work for four weeks and then we'll do this thing. Right. You also sometimes need to be able to go, you know, those four weeks are going to be really busy and and they're really critical and that's OK. So what are we going to need to do to build in to recover from that so that we can continue to operate sustainably as we go from there? Yeah, I was thinking the, the similar thing of my daughter's trapeze artist training school of they, they have a couple of things. One is that you know, in a seven day week, you know, circus kids are pretty interested in keeping at it. And they tell them they need one day a week that is not only no circus, but no work. And then every seven or eight weeks, they have what's called rest week. It's named that it's on the schedule and they still gather and they still do things. And, you know, they keep some cardio going and some different pieces, but they are not doing heavy training in their area, because if they don't honor those things, they, and, and if you wanna be a professional circus performer, a pulled muscle is a very big deal. <laughs> and so that they're really a lot around this, what is healthy for us as a team, as a unit, as a group, and as individuals. And I think our bodies are very aligned with our brains. I think we need all of that built in, in the same way. Yeah. And, and I think that's also just sort of about looking at the really, the, the planning horizon, right? Where it's like, look, we're not training for next week. We're training for 10, 20, 30 years from now. And I, it's a similar thing in, you know, in organizations and in teams and in groups, like productivity is a long-term play, right? It's really about if we can continue to perform at a very high level over a long period of time, that's great. But that sometimes that means that next week isn't going to be particularly productive. And I think we can get so focused on, I have so much to do, like this, this is a tremendously long list of things that I need to do. And so if I'm not productive all the time, I'm not making any progress on it. Um, and, and that way lies burnout, that way lies sort of relationship breakdown, that way lies all of these different things. So 
uh, what we're really talking about with this idea of can we take a break is more like uh, really around making sure that we're working in a sustainable way that we're actually able to absorb and process the stresses that we've been going through uh, and maybe even learn something from them. Yeah, so I, I just want to track a little bit of where we've been. Uh, we started with, can I take a break? And noticing that if the answer is no, then we need to work on this because breaks and slack time are really essential. Um, that if, if we don't have slack, we have a couple of things. One is we get the gridlock, parking lot kind of situation. And the other is we get injury. Um, and whether that's conflict and relationship injury or physical injuries actually can happen. Um, we don't keep our productivity. And also we just get sludge. We just get bogged down. And so in order to avoid all of those things, we are proposing that you want to schedule in and very intentionally take time that we're calling slack time that doesn't have a particular goal or objective attached to it, but that really is engaging where we are interested, where we are energized, where we are excited and following the energy to wherever it takes us. And that uh, having a certain amount of that, maybe it's every other Friday, maybe it's something else, but having a certain amount of that built in and built in in a way that it doesn't get eaten up by catch up day and doesn't turn into the, the default when I can catch up on things, but is actually true honored slack time to follow the things that excite us. It will actually in the long run make us more productive, more efficient, more healthy, and more able to meet our dreams. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Until next time, I'm Paul Tevis. I'm Karen Gimnick, and this has been Employing Differences. Thank you.